Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here, as always, with my friend and my colleague and my co-host, Ross Ferguson. How are you, brother? We are great. We have come back from a camping trip. That's the first thing I wanted to ask you about. The trip yeah. to, was it the National Parks? So we did the four National Parks okay. of Colorado. So there's wow. four National Parks. And if you do them in a kind of circle in terms of just one after the other, it's the Rocky Mountains, then Black Canyon, then Mesa Verde, and then the Great Sand Dunes. Okay. And so you can kind of drive into Denver, do a circle, and then drive back out um, through Kansas. So it was, how long did this? How long was this well, trip? Two and a half thousand miles, okay. and it took us ten days. Uh, so we did two days in each, and then just kind of a stop at the start of each, just to kind of get, yeah. get going. Um, it was fantastic, but there, <laughs> there yeah. were some moments. Okay. So it was camping. So we did six days camping, okay. and four days in hotels. We were wonderfully blessed in this vacation. It was only possible because um, basically four individuals gave us gifts to say go and have a trip yeah. on us type thing. So this was a wonderful oh, blessing to us. So, you know, someone paid for us to stay in the Hilton Hotel, you know, first night and stay in a nice hotel as we leave, you know, which, is, which was needed. Yeah, you can get a nice camping, shower and all, yeah. I, I don't like camping. Uh, Miriam grew up camping. Our kids had never been camping. So this was like the first foray wow. into camping. Did you have a one tent or separate? We had one tent, okay. uh, which we borrowed from somebody yeah. because I don't plan to do it again. Um, <laughs> and I would say, I mean, the overarching thing is the national parks were, were stunning, absolutely stunning. It was really wonderful. We, Miriam and I, had, and I had been traveling around Colorado before, but never the national parks. Just incredible. Rocky Mountains, we got up to 12,000 feet and we were able to look over everything. Black Canyon, I looked over the edge and I walked away fast. I realized I'm not, not fond of heights. Okay. Which my, You didn't know this before? Well, I kind of knew I was nervous, okay. but I didn't know that I was like that. And, yeah. and I'm standing like right at the back holding onto the fence. My kids are leaning over taking pictures down the valley. I'm like, mm. no, I yeah, can't yeah. do this. Mesa Verde, a little bit on the disappointing end, but that okay. was because it was mainly about ruins that are 800 years old which again kind of coming from the uk we, we got <laughs> that baby ruins we got huh? that box checked <laughs> okay um, cool. uh, you could get a sled and slide down the sand dunes oh, wow. very, very cool not to take up too much time but what i will say is first night of our camping was a disaster so uh, the first night in a hotel no, the, oh, the first night camping. of actual camping okay so we assumed it was going to be hot at night because it's really hot during the day but it was not it was freezing at night so let's just say at 2 a.m i may have been saying in a slightly louder voice than I should have <laughs> that camping is stupid <laughs> and I said it maybe three or four times yeah. and Miriam was just laughing next to me because she was having a great time and in the morning I said to the girls were you okay and they were saying we were really cold and also at some point during the night, I think Dad was shouting, this is really <laughs> stupid, because <laughs> I was freezing. Wow. Uh, but no, we had a fantastic time. Do you know what? We spent 10 days with our kids, always in the same room with them, yeah. constantly. We listened to um, podcasts, we listened to biographies, we listened to Bonhoeffer's biography, we listened to Eric Liddell's biography, we sang songs, we went swimming. You know, it's just amazing to spend 10 days with the kids. Also amazing to come home and go back to work. Uh, <laughs> but no, just wonderful to have that time of rest with them. So Colorado is fantastic. Kansas, it's really nothing there. <laughs> We've driven the entire yeah. state. There is nothing there. There's some pretty parts you have to like get off the beaten path to go look for them. But yeah. you're right. If you're going like on the major yeah. interstate or the toll road, 
I did through the middle. It's like driving through Mars. 200 miles. Yeah. There was no stop. It's like, oh, like, wow. No, no stop for 200 miles. Yeah. Who Becky did that here? once. She took the girls to a concert somewhere, and it was the same thing. She was afraid, like, if she ran out of gas, yeah. there would be nothing. Oh, I was afraid of the three children needing to go and use <laughs> the restroom. It was like, at the next stop, can we stop? Yeah, sure, no, no problem. Yeah. That's fine. 100 miles later. See you tomorrow. Can we stop? <laughs> But no, we had a great time. Good. Well, I enjoy your reviews of the national parks. And yeah. speaking of reviews, oh, you've got oh, some new reviews. Look at that. It's a transition into the transition. <laughs> this is an interesting one that I can't quite figure out, but it's underscore Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's positive because it's five stars. Five stars. The yeah. subject line is just the thumbs up emoji. Yep. And the text of the review is just the salute, salute. emoji. Yeah. So he's underscore Chad is saluting us. Yeah. So all right, thanks, I think, Chad. I think I think that's good. That's five stars. That's I'll good. Take it. Okay, Zach Cumberland. Good podcast! Exclamation point. Five stars. He says almost lost me when you didn't have Josh Garrels on the top ten Christian musicians list. Uh, I got news for Zach. I don't know who Josh Garrels is. I think I've heard the name, but I, I couldn't. Don't know who it is I couldn't place a song with him. But he says, but a Scottish accent from a Baptist is reason enough to keep listening. <laughs> Look at that. There's some positive. After the last episode, the, you know, the yeah. beef, someone had a beef with you. I, I read this one out to my wife, and I went, I didn't realize I had ever defined myself as a Baptist. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm joking. I mean, you're only working at a Baptist seminary and a I member mean, of a Baptist, Baptist church, church, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm Baptistic <laughs> in belief. No, I, it's just, it was funny when I read that. I was just like, someone's, oh, I've been pigeonholed. It's uh, nice. Well, We'll yeah. take it. We'll take it. It's, it's five good. stars. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. And Ross, in his own way, thanks you as well. <laughs> Shaner13, I think I'm reading that right. Shaner13, good podcast, five stars. I enjoy the banter and content of this podcast. He says, from a former Apple freeloader, mm-hmm. <laughs> which that's a, a reference to me calling people who listen on Apple Podcasts and don't leave reviews as freeloaders. Free <laughs> yeah, I'm giving a pass to people who would say, I can't leave a good review because I listen on such and there's no right. way to do it. No, you shouldn't give them a pass because if Why? they have a social media account, they can share the podcast. On social media, that's give, right. Uh, I mean... My mother did that. She commented on your Facebook. Even Ross's mother will share the podcast <laughs> on social media. I don't think we've read this one before. N.A. Smith? Have yeah, read we've this done one? that one. Okay, they so we're, we've one. caught up here on reviews, which means we need some more reviews. I was about to say, if we've caught up, that means we need more. We need more reviews, folks. Get on there on the Apple Podcast. I mean, it does sound like we're egotistical, needing our ego stroked, but it, it's not. It's so we can laugh at you when you write them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, today's topic is an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. It could fall into the pet peeves category, maybe, but we've already done one of those recently, so we don't want to do pet peeves, but it's when church meetings go wild. (laughs) And I'm not talking about the church service. That's a meeting, I guess, of the church, but I'm talking about like the business meeting, the membership meeting, whatever you want to call it. They get a... There's a stigma. There's a... Yeah. Yeah, there's an, an anxiety about these meetings on the behalf of a lot of people. For a variety of reasons. You ever been in a bad membership meeting, I, Ross? I, <laughs> uh, too many to count. Okay. Uh, I've never quite been in a chair-throwing, like, oh, total yeah, disaster that's right. wild. Yeah. But, yeah, I, far too many to sadly. Uh, you know, if we asked people to share their stories, I bet we'd hear uh, some crazy stories. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, and and I've, I've heard of chair-throwing type yep. 
deals. We probably both want to walk very tenderly here. <laughs> so if anybody that knows me and has yeah. known me as their pastor and uh, has been in my church members' meetings, I'm sure they are remembering certain meetings. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's one of those things of you put a bunch of people with lots of opinions in the same room and then you talk about change or you talk about the need to discipline something, you're going to get... It's almost... I was about to say, I, I don't know if I've been to many good meetings where you just think, huh, that was amazing. Uh, I've yeah. been to a few of them, but I don't know, maybe I'm the problem. But Yeah, you know, at my last church, we did one, unless there was a special called mm. members meeting for you know particular reason, we had what was called the annual meeting. The AGM. So it was just, there was just one okay. throughout the year. So it was an epic thing. Oh, wow. If people had beefs, if they had complaints, concerns, they'd been stored up for a year because, for whatever reason in the church world, normal people don't talk about their issues personal. They hold on to it and let it brew and fester, and they save it for the annual meeting. I was in a few annual meetings that I would, you know, would almost want to quit. Yeah. And... The it also probably didn't help. So we would do it on Sundays, not in the evenings, but right after the church service. So we would usually do like a potluck of some yeah. kind. Our church services were long, so you've already been at church. If you're the pastor, you've already been at church for hours. several hours. Yeah. And so and you're exhausted because you just preached, and then you have this potluck. And it's real quick because we want to get to this meeting. And then the meeting can go for two, three yep. hours yep. or more. And it's just I'm at my worst. Yep. Other people seem to have saved up these things. <laughs> and I always just felt like I was on my heels. There's one, I, there was one, I'll admit, I walked out of. Okay. I, I felt like I was getting hit. One of my fellow elders described it at our elders meeting subsequently as being blindfolded and being hit like a pinata. So normally you wear the blindfold to hit the pinata. In this case, the pinata has the blindfold, so you can't see who's hitting you. And I thought it did feel like that. It definitely felt like that. There were things that I didn't know that people, they saved it to share publicly. And, you know, complaints that they had. And it just felt like I was getting beat up from all sides. And I... Yeah, I walked out of, of the meeting because I just thought it was unjust and yeah. and yeah and unkind. Later, I had a friend, uh, a trusted mentor, tell me that I made a mistake in doing that, and that really, man, that like bummed me out mm-hmm. a big time. Years removed from that, I think he was wrong. I think I was right. I I, I stood up for myself, which you know can go wrong yeah. when you stand up for yourself. But I think in that moment, I had been a punching bag long enough, and it wasn't just in that meeting. But yeah, I have not been in a meeting where people are like screaming at each other. That I've you, been in many of those. You've been in those. Yeah. Okay. I've, I haven't walked out one, but when you were talking about that, the, the most significant members meeting that went wild, post that members meeting, I actually had to get my entire leadership team to write an apology to the church. Wow. Um, and let's just say one of the leaders refused. So the, <laughs> it, it was a very tricky meeting, and it was right before Good Friday as well. And, yeah. and I felt very convicted that we could not move forward with our Good Friday service, which was actually a communion service as a church. We could hmm. not do that if we did not apologize before the church. And it was a shouting match. It was 
just so demeaning to ministry and to to the gospel. But I've been in many meetings where it's turned into shouting, mainly because I've been in a couple of churches where some members just were loud with their viewpoint. And to get them to stop, people would shout at them. So I've been in quite a few of those. And rather than walk out, I've been very close to that. I have had those moments where I've had to stand up and say, if you don't stop, this meeting is over. You know, yeah. very much that firm voice of, we're done. Like, we're just going to, we're just going to pack up and walk out. Like, your choice. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I just, this whole subject to me is quite sad because when you're bringing the body of believers together yeah. to try and organize yourself, press into God's planning, deal with issues, it shouldn't be this like, bar fight style situation <laughs> right um, not that I've been in any of those but yeah, you know yeah. it, it should be a loving gracious moment and even sometimes a, a sorrowful moment of having to repent sins towards one another so often it's not and over the years I would actually say at my last uh, church my kind of chair of deacons I said to him the one thing I feel like I've failed at that the one if you like put a pin in where have you failed is I could never get a grasp of our church members meetings I, I just they were always a negative tone I, I, I was so huh. desperate to have them as a positive experience but just couldn't quite put my finger on how to do that yeah. and we tried lots of different things but historically 10 years of ministry bang, there's one thing I feel like I just never could get a grasp of is good members meetings. I remember one, I, I'm not great on my feet. Like I like, I process, mm. I, I have to think about things. And, and so like having to respond right off the bat. Now, if it's something that I've thought a lot about beforehand, like someone's asked, you know, it's a and a about some subject that I teach on or something. Yeah. But in the moment when people have questions or concerns and, and it's something that I, I'm hearing for the first time or confronting for the first time, or it's an antagonistic, mm. I kind of like, I go internal, like, how do I respond to this? How do I, you know, and I, I remember one particular meeting, there was a, you know, lady, she just was, I mean, she was becoming, she was just really divisive and yeah. was kind of planting these little seeds of division. And she was just kind of, kind of, you know, pushing back against this and that, a little criticism here and just really being a fly in the ointment. And in the meeting, she kind of sat in the back, and she asked a question. She knew some background about how a particular decision had been arrived at, and she didn't agree with the decision. And it took, you know, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of meetings, a lot of things to even get to this decision. So she just asks in the meeting, could you explain how this decision was arrived at, which I knew already was trying to set me up to, you know, get other people to you know, you know, not agree with the process or something. Mm-hmm. So I just gave, you know, really kind of truncated sort of, well, the elders did this and the deacons did that and we got together and we agreed on this thing, whatever. I just I gave kind of a Cliff's notes, yeah, yeah. you know, bow on it kind of version of it. And so and then I just said, you know, does, does that answer your question? And she goes, if that's all you want to say about it <laughs> she had her arms folded, she's gonna lean back. If that's all you want to say about it. And I could just see Faces between me and her, yeah. like the looks on their faces were like, well, "What's that all about?" Yeah. Oh, there must be something more. It was like she had she was dropped these little bit. morsels, yeah. you know, tasty bits, which you know Proverbs warns us about, into the brains of all these people who suddenly thought, "Oh, there's something behind the scenes," and there's something, and uh, without bringing it up, she was planting this division, yeah. and I, it was all I could do. I mean, I just stood there and I just. I was like, okay, let's move on. But in my brain, I was like, 
she just blew stuff up, yeah. you know, in a very subtle and artful yeah. way, in a very cunning way. And those are the, t- the times that I always was, was just, what do I do? Do I just move on? This is now a whole can of worms has been opened. Yeah. I'm going to have to try to, you know, figure out how to, you know, stuff back in. Can't do it right now. Yeah. I'm, and I'm even processing how am I supposed to handle this. And That's the difficult thing that, that when you're hearing something in that moment that you know is not particularly good, you're having to think about the response. And, and I think if you've never served as a pastor, elder, or deacon up at the front doing these meetings, I, I, maybe you've found it in the corporate wor- world, corporate working world, but there's nothing quite like it of like standing there thinking, I have to to give an answer to something like right. this. So uh, I've noted down that there was one particular uh, guy that just every member's meeting, he had a problem. The reality is he didn't like me. That was the yeah. kind of the, the yeah. end of the and story. And sometimes that's what it boils down yeah, to. He, yeah, he just didn't like me. And no matter what I did, it, there would be something wrong. Or I would do it and then he would have an issue with the process we did it or the way we voted or, or something like that. And every time he got the mic... I was already thinking, oh, how am I going to have to respond to this guy? And I think that's something it took me years to figure out of how do I just I actively listen to what they're saying without producing the answer as they're saying it. And I, without giving the prejudice of, oh, they've got the mic again, here we go. And actually, maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe he'll be a <laughs> blessing to me. Yeah. And the reality is, he never was. And that saddens me that actually as a pastor... That one of my flock, uh, as you know, as the under shepherd, one of Christ's flock, that you just know if you have a mic, I'm going to have a problem, uh, and I think that's something that members meetings just seem to produce. And um, you know, I, I say this as in at Liberty, I'm starting to get known as the guy that asks questions. Yeah, quite a lot. yeah, um, you're kind of vocal. But I don't mind people asking questions. I don't mind like getting more information. Hey, can you clarify this? Can you give me more information on this? What about this? That's not a problem to me. That's engagement. Yeah. The problem I'm talking about is, okay, let me start with, you know, and you just know by <laughs> yeah. the tone. This is less of a um, question and more of a comment. <laughs> yeah. Vocalizing is fantastic, I believe, in church members' yeah. meetings. It's great to have that engagement. I, I think you have to watch how you're vocalizing and what you're vocalizing. It's it, it's funny you mentioned Liberty Baptist Church because when I in the first few years actually of going and our membership meetings are every other month every, yeah, every two three, months yeah every, every two, two months. months I should know that as an elder but <laughs> I just go when they tell me to go so it's not one a year yeah. it's every other month and when I first started going as a member not as a pastor I had I hesitate to call it, you know hesitate to call it PTSD but. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Because that applies, you know, to people who've really been through trauma. But I was so programmed that this is a time of anxiety. And even though I'm not even the one on the hot seat, I would sit there and I was so tense. And I just was waiting for conflict. I was waiting for someone to be passive aggressive. I was waiting for someone to be ugly and to be cunning. I was ready to, you know, defend the pastors at any point because I just felt so sensitive to that. I was like, you know, Peter with my sword halfway drawn. I'm going to cut off Malchus's ear the second (laughs) I see anyone step into them. It it, it was like that. And it took me a while to kind of go, oh, these members' meetings are not like that. People are actually peaceable here and those sorts of things. And then I got onto the personnel committee. And I remember there was a membership meeting where I was speaking on behalf of the personnel committee and was giving an update about a decision that we had made related to employee policy. And there were a couple of folks that disagreed yeah. with the decision, and they were asking questions in the membership meeting. And 
all of that kind of anxiety started to come back up. They were very kind. They weren't yelling. They weren't. They didn't. They weren't mean. They were. They just disagreed. And so they were asking questions. They had counter, you know, points. Those sorts of things. And so I'm just trying to answer this stuff. It, It was a peaceable disagreement, but inside. I was having like flashback. It was like triggering. I hate to use all the therapy speak, but it was triggering me from previous meetings. And afterwards, our pastor came up to me and, you know, and it went fine. I answered the thing. And at some point I realized like, I don't have to just dot every I here, right? We're going to vote. We're about to vote on this and people can give their voice that way too. So I just let the person be heard. I didn't feel like I had to debate every single point. Just like, okay, Mm -hmm. you've spoken your piece. Do you feel... Okay, with having you know voiced your disagreement, yes, let's vote. Yeah. The decision that we had made was affirmed by the congregation overwhelmingly, and everything was fine. Yeah. Afterwards, the pa- you know pastor came up to me and was like, "Hey, are you okay?" Like yeah. I could see, like you went white yeah. during that moment, and and I was afraid that I was overly harsh yeah. with the person, which I you know I didn't feel harsh towards her. But inside, it was just the memories it was bringing back up. And I said, man, I like I was having flashbacks to membership meetings. And I had to like say to myself in the moment internally, this is not that. Yeah. This is not that. This is not that. Yeah. Because they really can't affect you. And I think we probably both know, you know pastors who've got crazy stories, yeah. including some who've left ministry or left you know, specific churches, maybe yeah. to go to a different church. Because of what happens at these kinds of meetings. I mean, I, I've had the same situation at, at Liberty again. It's one of those things of, I, I've never been in a church with member meetings like this that is positive. Like, well, that's where I want to go next. Like yeah. so, uh, Some positive me, things, some advice. One okay. kind of off the back of what you were just saying there. We're in a lead pastor search. We're looking for a new pastor. And when, I can't remember when the update was, maybe four or five months ago, we kind of updated saying, uh, you know, we're still looking. And one of the things I I said to Miriam, my wife, is like, oh, we've been in this process a little bit now. I don't know if you want to keep coming to members meetings. I'll I'll keep going for us as a family. But, you know, history has told me when when something kind of goes on a little bit, people get a bit frustrated. And I actually said to her, you know, my experience is kind of saying this is kind of going to go south quickly as in people are going to get really grumpy and really frustrated. And we actually made the call for Miriam not to come to members meetings with the kids um, because we have an environment where the kids can be in the members meetings. But also we've been in an environment where as a couple, we felt very stressed. You know, I've been under attack and therefore she's felt under attack, all these sorts of things. And we actually made the call that only I would go. And again, there's nothing at our members meetings at Liberty that would suggest that. Yeah. But similar to you, I was starting to get like kind of those cold sweats off. Oh, this is not going to go well. And praise God, it actually, that was a wrong move from me. It's never gone that way. And I don't believe it will go that way. But it's just one of those things of those are the negative experience of two pastors that are actually, this is really stressful for us. And yep. we're having to make if anything, negative calls now because of what happened in the past. Yeah, so I, I think that's a good word for m- members, yes. l- lay people, to keep in mind the kind of anxiety, the kind of stress. W- one thing that I wish you know members would keep in mind, and I kept in mind for the you know and uh, you know seven years out of the pastorate, 
as a layperson, as a member of the church, tr- remembering that when decisions are communicated, whatever, there's so much behind the scenes. Yes. I, I have no idea. There's been weeks of meetings, deliberation. They've. It doesn't mean that I can't have a question or yeah. ask for a word of clarification, but to assume that this is this, these decisions have been r- arrived at haphazardly or yeah. thoughtlessly, simply because I don't understand it, or, or, or you know, you know, to remember that it, it can be a vulnerable position to stand up in front of someone. And present something that's been weeks, months, maybe years in the making, yeah. and then have somebody, you know, throw a spitball at it. You know, it, it can be very, you know, tender. Now let's speak to leaders, or okay. you know, maybe not the pastors specifically, but those who run membership meetings, who are you know at the head of membership meetings, who are communicating things. So you know, from pastors to moderators to committee heads, mm-hmm. people who are giving reports, those sorts of things. Some words of advice for the positive experience, how, how to, to the best of our ability, you know, try to create a less crazy, a less wild yeah. membership meeting. And the first thing I've got is start with prayer, mm-hmm. including a prayer for some kind of unit. I know you need to call to order somehow, but start with a prayer of some kind where you're asking the Lord to give you unity, to preserve peace, those sorts of things, and then maybe a song or yeah. two. We've started, so Pastor Paul will begin leading us in a hymn sing before the meeting starts, right? Like the seven minutes or so before the meeting starts, people are still kind of filing in and everything, and he just has some hymns up on the screen. Balance, you know? so it's just yeah. our voices. Yeah, sometimes I'll be at the piano and what have you, but yeah, you, you don't need that, yeah. you know? There's something about singing together mm-hmm. That creates the kind of harmony, maybe, you know, Romans 15 kind of thing, the being in such harmony with one another and one accord. And yeah. I just think it's more conducive to a yeah. sweetness. I agree. It doesn't, you know, forestall someone who's just, you know, heck bent on bringing yeah. something to the fore, but it can, I think, bring some sweetness yeah. before the meeting starts. But ultimately, starts. that is what the meeting should be. It's yes. brothers and sisters coming together first and foremost to glorify God. Yes. So I think that's a great start. Uh, for me, it's, this is kind of more, I guess, practical um, advice, is give information and as much as you're able to give. So yeah. I'm not saying tell everyone everything. And also think about different mediums you can use. So again, this is maybe a, a slight thing on liberty that I would disagree with. Uh, I've tried a different church give as much information as in an advance as you can so we get our information at liberty on the friday for the sunday meeting personally i would give a little bit more time we're doing it uh, earlier now are we yeah, yeah for that reason okay we have uh, to get the information to adrian uh, at a certain date so yeah. that it's more than two yeah, yeah yeah exactly so and the reason i say this is there's a lot of background information you can share but you don't want in a meeting because right. it would take up too much time so for instance you know if a particular ministry is about to make a change and you want to vote on it and you you're going to talk about that maybe in an information pack give a rundown of what the last six months has been like just a few bullet points give some information these are the leaders this is who's been attending these are some of the struggles we've had these are some of the positives just give more information and what you're finding is that actually members can often be just frustrated because they don't know or they don't understand or they're not part of that ministry so what's the point you know just give that information ahead of time and then on the evening always give extra information than more than you need to so you know uh, I remember in a particular uh, church we had to uh, vote on whether we were going to floor the baptistry or not it was part of the platform we had to decide are we going to floor it or not 
So we did our research. We had five different options. We talked to the church. We gave them a pack. Here's the five options. Here's the costs. Here's what we would prefer. Here's why. Here's who would do it. And, you know, we gave them a yeah, ton yeah. of information and then just said to somebody on the, uh, at the meeting, before we vote on this, any questions, any clarifications, anything you're a bit confused about, we want to talk this out. And actually, we ended up something like a 98% vote. Uh, and it was basically, someone said afterwards, because you made it very clear what would be the kind of good way to go about this. So information flow is, I think, really important. And and we do, every two months, we give updates on our ministries. I think our pastors are really great at giving information about new members, church discipline situations. I'm not saying tell everyone everything. Right. I'm saying tell everyone as as much as you're able to. If you're sitting there going... I could tell them more, then tell them more. Yeah. But maybe not the meeting, because the meeting will take forever. Give them a good, strong, robust information pack a decent amount of time before, not yeah. the day before. They need some time to think over and pray over. Yeah, well, it, 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 that assumes that people, I think most people aren't even looking at the pack until it's time for the meeting. Yeah. They're flipping through it right before, yeah. you know, looking at the, you know, the previous agenda and then the minutes from the last meeting, all those sorts of things. But yes, some forethought and just a word to leaders you know we've said to members hey keep in mind that these decisions have not been arrived at i mean barring the you know the exceptions of thoughtless careless un you know unprepared leaders those sorts of things most of the decisions have been arrived at after lots of prayer discussion meetings and you know you know deliberations between multiple people and all these sorts of things so give some charity some grace you know to the leaders but also we want to say to leaders give some charity grace to the member who's this is the first they've heard of the thing. Yeah. Yep. They need. They haven't had the the benefit of weeks and months yes. of deliberations and and conversations, and so they're processing in real time. Maybe they've had a week. Maybe they've had three days. Maybe they've just sat down at the meeting. It's the first they've ever heard of this thing. Give some grace and charity to them. Yep. They don't have the benefit of, of what you've had of you know you know forethought. They're sitting there reacting in the moment, and we should be patient yes. with that. That you know it takes people a while to absorb a, a change or decision, those sorts of things. My next word of advice is similar to what you just shared, is really just to be prepared. Agreed. That you know you are not just prepared with the information. One of the things I think to help against feeling on your heels, feeling attacked, feeling, I don't know, that people are overly antagonistic in some way, is to be prepared for every possible, yeah. to the extent you're able, every possible objection. There was a member of the deacon board at my last church who was really good at this. We, As we were coming up with, okay, we're going to present this to the congregation, this is you know, a deacon consensus, what have you, this deacon would say, now we need to work through what are some objections people might have and how would yeah. we respond to that? What are some... which. You know, the rest of us, we just like we arrived at the decision. We're going to we're going to communicate yeah, this, yeah. and then if somebody has a question or a concern or something, we're like trying to figure out how to respond to it. They would say, not in a paranoid way, or this isn't about like you know, be anxious ahead of time or be paranoid ahead of time, but just be prepared for every possible yeah. objection, anticipate those things, yeah. so you're not on your heels. You've actually come up with something articulate and gracious in response, yeah. and that means no. 
know that week you're going to have to do more work on the members meeting information yeah which means if you're preaching that week you need to ditch some ministries that week if you're not preaching that week then don't preach that week have somebody else help you uh, you're going to need that time and and that was one of the things that actually used to stress me a lot I, I was the only employee if you will of the church the only pastor we had a, a, a few leaders it wasn't we didn't have a, a kind of large team and that all, the members meeting always took a lot out of me that week and I found that the next week I was exhausted so just be prepared for that if you're going to have to work and be prepared for the meeting that's going to take time yeah uh, my next one is uh, it sounds so simple but know when to stop so this is on a large <laughs> scale and on a small scale. So okay. large scale, know when the members meeting needs to stop. So again, not meaning to be negative on Liberty, but I know that the last couple of meetings at Liberty have been going you know, a couple of hours and we've stretched them maybe a little bit too far at times. And I think it's so easily done, so easily done to stretch those meetings to a couple of hours. Try and not do that. Try and pull it back. More meetings that are shorter are better than fewer meetings that are very long. So just know when to stop. But on a kind of minier scale, on each item, know when you can stand up with boldness and just say, okay, we've had the conversation, we're now going to go to a vote. Or yeah. we're, we're not going to actually do a vote tonight. We're, we're going to discuss this a little bit further and we'll bring it to the next members meeting. But know when actually you're going to push the church a little bit too far. So that might be actually as we brought this to a vote, yeah, there's an uneasy feeling about this. We're, we're going to delay it. We're going to delay it and have more discussion. Or just even on the meeting, you know, a couple of people have shared something negative. Okay, we get it. Not everybody agrees with this. Thanks for the two people that have shared. We are going to go to a vote. So if, if you do disagree, please feel yeah. free to vote. No, just know you don't have to let everybody talk. No, you don't have to let every vote go through that night know that you can just stop a process and delay it and shift it and I think if I had told myself that several years ago and listened to that advice there would be a lot less arguments in members meetings just the boldness yeah. to say I get it you're not with us thanks for letting us know we'll come back to this and actually that might diffuse some issues and even you're then able to say I hear you we won't go to a vote or even I hear you and I'm sure other people feel like you. So if that's the case, please just vote no. You know, it's yeah. know when to curtail things. Yeah. Sometimes we're such in a rush on the leadership end because we've spent so much time on a particular yeah. issue or, or decision that we want affirmation for. And we bring the thing and we think, oh, finally, we're at the finish line. And it's created such a open question for members who are yeah. just now encountering it. Yeah. It can be demoralizing yep. on our end to, to think, I, you know, uh, I thought we were just getting this over with. We're finally reaching the finish line, and you guys are saying, no, it's actually 200 yards further down. Yeah. We, you may need to table it for, you know, to accommodate others who need some more time to process. Mm -hmm. So speaking of those who would have concerns or maybe complaints or those sort or comments, I suppose. Just a reminder to leaders that some folks, they just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. There's something... Even if you don't go their way, they just they want to have a voice. Yeah. And the membership meeting shouldn't be seen as purely a time for leaders to show up and download info. Yes. You can do that through some sort of announcement process yeah. or you know other communique. At the membership meeting, it's a meeting of the members and the members have a voice yeah. too and you need to allow appropriate time for conversation and discussion and for people to 
heard, and it, there's a level of transparency that goes both ways. Yes. Sometimes you don't even know, for some leaders, you don't even know the kind of the pulse of the congregation until the membership meetings. Yes. And if you squelch yeah. you know, people's ability to speak up or you're constantly kind of dissuading yeah. you know, folks from using their voice, you don't really even know where, yeah. where the congregation Absolutely. is on certain things. So just remember, like, this is not just a platform for you to, you know, deliver the edicts from on high, but it's a place where it's almost, you know, it's a family meeting. And you want to hear from the people who want to speak. And sometimes folks, they just, this is their opportunity because, you know, Sunday mornings you come and you're hearing the preaching and there's, you know, fellowship. But in terms of like communicating something to leadership or communicating something to the congregation, even a testimony of some kind, there's fewer and fewer avenues for that. And so it all gets funneled into a membership meeting format. And we just need to be patient with that. That's why I ask questions, because I know a lot of members are quite shy and and do feel stressed in these moments. So I tend to just ask questions. And, you know, just even in one of the members meetings I was in with you, I remember I asked a question saying, I actually said, I am already a yes on this, but can I clarify this situation? And what was really amazing, and I don't know, maybe we should have curtailed a little bit, but there was like six or seven opinions that all raised up very quickly and they were all positive. And I was like, okay, we've got the pulse of the church on this. They're really excited about that. So I agree with you. Encourage engagement. Encourage questions. For church members, ask your questions with a loving heart. Like, don't just go, like, I have a question and you need to listen to me. You know, yeah. just go, hey, can I just clarify this point? Could you give me more information on that? Where are you going with that? And if we're of that attitude as members, then our pastors will be of that attitude of, yeah, we'll get questions, happy to take them. Yeah, good question, let me answer that. And uh, I think that's just a really good way of going about it. Uh, One of the things uh, I want to kind of come to, and I guess we kind of need to say this, and that's what people will think, but I really believe this. Think about the great commandment when you're coming to a members meeting. Love Christ, love his people, love all people. And I think when you come to a members meeting, I think uh, without saying them out loud, I know that you can think of names in your head, even in our own church or previous churches, that you just think members meeting, ah, they're going to speak. Sadly, I'm probably (laughs) one of them now. But you just, you have names that come up. Our role in that moment in God's family as an under shepherd is to love them. And I know it's difficult. I know it's really difficult when the guy is always the one that's railing against you, always going to be attacking you. But our role is still to love them. They are still somebody that we love Christ and therefore we love his people. And with loving his people, we show our love for Christ. So even in those members meetings, uh, Bobby, one of our pastors at church, he's fantastic at this. He will stand up and you can see the emotions when it comes to church discipline He'll often want to pray. He'll often pause and just say, you know, I love you as a church. And I know those things at times sound a bit cheesy, but when they're authentic, when they're real, when you see that love on display as a membership, you can't help but go, okay, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to to the pastors. I think I disagree, but, but they clearly love us. They're not going to do us harm. And I know for those in the past that have been maybe abused by pastors spiritually or otherwise, I know that can sometimes be really hard to give the trust because it feels like a sham, like this love they're giving. But if it's authentic, it's going to overflow. Like they won't be able to stop it. And that was a real challenge I had in my last church off. You know, there was maybe three names that if they got the mic, I would really struggle with. (laughs) Right. It was one of those situations of learning actually as a brother in Christ, I, I don't think they're behaving well. 
but note they're a brother in Christ and I want to love them as Christ has loved them. If he can forgive their wretched sin, then I can show them grace over their frustration um, and even lovingly sometimes go, hey, brother, please don't speak like that. You know, I love you and I, I don't want you to behave like that in front yeah. of others. And therefore, as members on the flip side, you're also to love Christ and love his people, which means when your pastors are standing there or your chairmen or whatever giving reports, you need to first and foremost see them as a child of God. And how would you like to treat a child of God? How did Christ treat you with unbelievable compassion and grace? So that's how we're to treat them. Even when you disagree with them, even when you think they're a complete idiot for running yeah. that ministry, still going, do you know what? I love you, brother. I think you're wrong on this. So sadly, I'm a no vote. But hey, looking forward to our coffee on Tuesday. Do you not just <laughs> portray that that gospel love through your behaviors? Yeah, I think so. I've just noted like to discern the difference between someone who's just annoying you mm. and someone who's actually being divisive. Yes. And typically what's happening at the meeting is just sort of the surface level of something for someone who's being divisive. Like, you know, this is a persistent pattern of some kind. And so I've just, you know, jotted down to be patient with annoying people. Yes. I think we've talked previously about being patient with our Eeyores in, yes. in, <laughs> in certain settings. Be patient with anno- with people who are just, it's an irritant to you because you didn't want so many questions or you didn't want someone to, you know, poo something that you're really excited about yeah. or whatever it is. Be patient with those folks, but be direct with someone who yep. is divisive. Like someone's genuinely sowing division. First Timothy five twenty, you know, Paul's advising Timothy that for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all. Yeah. So I think even in the meeting, if someone's really stirring up stuff, I don't think like yelling at them or no, you know, be gentle to in be gentle, but rebuke them and say, you know, as you just said. Brother or sister, I don't think that's helpful. You know, what you just said, I think, is actually is really discouraging for this reason. Or what you just said, I think, is unnecessarily divisive. And, and I don't think you should have done that. Or, brother, I think you should apologize to your, you know, your other brother over here because what you just said was really hurtful and harmful to their reputation, right? You know, you just assassinated their character in front of everybody. I think you should apologize, right? I know that's awkward. You, you kind of want to just do these things behind the scenes and that sort of thing. But when there's a public sin, public divisiveness, Paul's saying you need to address it publicly in front of others. So, you know, shepherding that way can be tough, but it's something that we have to do to, yeah, to pastor well. All right. Anything else on on that note? I was just going to say, be bold. Yeah. Um, I'm somebody that, as you can tell in the podcast, relatively opinionated. But (laughs) I think sometimes in these moments when you're really, you know, up against it, you have a tendency to shy away and the the behavior just gets to continue in the fight. But be bold. You know, you are God's man placed in that role. And part of your role is to say, hey, whoa, whoa, we are beginning to move to a sinful place. Let's not be like that as a church. And as I said, I have on a couple of occasions said, if this doesn't change because this keeps happening, we will stop this meeting. I'm not trying to, you know, antagonize, not trying to fight, but we're stopping it because I don't want to see your sin in this moment like this. I want to help you not Mm. sin. So we're going to stop. So be bold. But even in that, there is a gentleness to that. There is a a loving nature. You're not being bold to be domineering. You're being bold to gently say, I I don't want you to sin anymore. And it seems to be that we are unable to be self-controlled tonight. 
we're going to stop. Yeah, it's a good reminder that for all of the policy and procedure of a members meeting, mm-hmm. right? It's a meeting of the of a spiritual body yes. first, right? The, God's word of order is more important than Robert's rules of order. <laughs> so the the spiritual needs to take precedent, yeah, even if you're bound by some of these other you know protocols. Man, we got a lot of. I thought this was going to be like a twenty some minute <laughs> episode, but once we started opening up, we just wanted to be heard. <laughs> We hope our listeners will be patient with us. You're going to be now curtail the whole that thing. We, we've annoyed them. Hopefully, they'll just be patient with us and, and and be grateful that we shared our hearts with everyone. If you are grateful, dear listener, give us a good review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, Managing Editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.